and welcome to Better Yet. I'm Tim Crisp, your host. Better Yet is a conversation about music. And this week, our conversation is with Namdi, Chicago's prodigal polymath. Namdi has released two LPs this year. We have Brat in April, Crazy Carl in July. Namdi also shared with us an EP in June called Black Plight. And he wrote this beautiful, strange, and weird intro music that you will be hearing weekly. Every Thursday, my friends, we're back. And I'd like to welcome all of you, whether you're joining us for the first time or you're returning, it's good to have you here. I hope this episode finds you at a time of relative calm, I'd say, this year has lent itself to making me feel at times very strange, very angry, untethered a bit. But something that I've come to realize is that while, of course, these feelings are a reaction to the outside world, they are also the product of me missing so much of what this podcast has always brought to me since I started it in May of 2016. I miss talking to people. I'm an extroverted person, but I need to be forced into social situations. And I met so many wonderful folks through doing this podcast, people who changed my way of thinking, people who made me feel closer to complete as a person. And these people just so happened to make my favorite music in the world. And unfortunately, they're all people who have taken some extraordinarily tough blows this year when it comes to living as a working musician and living off of being creative people. And it goes beyond not being able to tour, but the simple fact that we are experiencing a pandemic along with a long overdue an historical uprising against the racist, abusive, destructive force that is policing. And while we're asking an entire country to look at the foundations of racism that this whole thing is built on, it's hard right now. It's hard right now at times to feel like music is important, to feel like music matters. And I can see the difficulty that people are experiencing in just trying to share their art, but also to do their jobs. And I've felt the effects personally, too, in experiencing, you know, at these times of feeling disconnected from the world, I feel disconnected from music at times. And... There's nothing in my life that has taught me more about love and compassion and empathy. Nothing that has changed my worldview like music. Nothing that keeps me grounded and keeps me closer to other people like music. And since I stopped doing better yet last year, I've had the opportunity to do a couple of new podcasts. Road to the Skeleton Coast with Brendan Kelly Life's Work, a podcast about Laura Stevenson's Sit Resist, and I've continued to do As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio with David Anthony. And outside of my partner and my dogs, Hadley and Lily, it's in those spaces that I learn the most and in those spaces that I feel the most hope. And doing those brought me to the idea of relaunching this podcast, but so much has changed. Every interview before this one was in person. Someone would be kind enough to come over to talk to me, which even with the logistical changes of the last six months, our designated greeter and the face of this franchise, Chloe is no longer here to do that. And I got two lovely girls sitting in this little office studio with me right now who are more than qualified for the job and 
they've given me their hearts to transfer all the extra love and sadness that's been inside and outward um, from me with Chloe's passing. We mourned and I knew that we need to do this. If we were to do better yet again, Chloe's spirit cannot be replaced. It's always got to be present. And I knew too that this podcast, if I was going to bring it back, it had to be different from before or else it would feel just like a distraction from the larger things that are happening in our world right now. And that brings us to a new set of intentionalities for better yet and its purpose. So each week, we continue now to have a conversation with a musician about their art, about what inspires them, about where they're at. But we have an added element to the conversation now. Each week, my guest and I will talk about their music, but we'll also talk about a progressive organization that's important to them. This week, Namdi and I talk about Asada's Daughters. Asada's Daughters is a Chicago-based collective of black women, femmes, and gender non-conforming people that creates programming and community for women-identified femme and gender non-conforming young black people in Chicago. Namdi's Black Plate EP raised over $10,000 in one day on behalf of Asada's Daughters and Eat Chicago. And we're hoping here to send a little more to Asada's Daughters through our Patreon. Patreon.com slash betteryetpodcast. I'm sure you're familiar by now with Patreon. But it's a way for you to help support creative people directly by pledging a monthly amount. And our Patreon will be split evenly between myself, our guests, and the organizations we discuss on the show. If you head over to patreon.com slash betteryetpodcast, we have two tiers of pledging. The first is $3. That's $1 each way, and it acts as a simple show of support. This show is available for free. It will always be available for free. If you like it, I want to throw a few bucks our way each month. Here's how. We also have a $10 tier, which will gain you access to some exclusive content only available on Patreon. Right now, we've got some extras from the Life's Work podcast, which includes all three conversations I had with Laura Stevenson. Also, my full interview with Chris Gethard. Laura also sent a cover of Bob Dylan's Can You Please Crawl Out Your Window, which is so good. And there's a video interview with Julia Steiner and Dave Sagan of Rat Boys over there. If you've been following Rat Boys' virtual tour, we had some fun. They threw me up on their green screen, and we had the loveliest chat. But also... This week and every week, our guests on the show are going to post some exclusive content onto our Patreon. This week, we have an unreleased Namdi song called Montrose Beach. It's only available on our Patreon, patreon.com slash betteryetpodcast. That $10 a month is also distributed between me, the guests, and the organization. $3 goes each way, and then we've got that extra hanging dollar which will be spent paying folks for new songs covers podcasts essays it's all open it's all exciting and having this opportunity to collaborate on behalf of this project with a larger goal in mind it's exciting and goddamn, the guests on this show should be paid for their time this show would not exist without the guests The guests are the ones who make the music that brings us together. The guests are the ones we learn from. The guests are making something that they share with us. And that's something we all get to keep forever. And few have given more to me and to this podcast than Namdi. There's really no one else I could think of who could kick this off in a better way than Namdi He was our eighth episode of this podcast. He was also the first person to do the podcast with Chloe present. And I'm overjoyed to be able to share another interview with Namdi to start this new chapter 
for better yet. And it just so happens to be the second conversation that Namdi and I had for this specific purpose. We recorded one a week before, which we referenced a couple times in this interview. I wasn't really feeling myself that day. And I think that that's another big part of doing this again is that I've been dealing with depression during this time. And I wanted the chance to have another conversation with Namdi that had a better outlook. And this is certainly a better outlook, this conversation that we have here. I hope you enjoy it. Subscribe to this podcast on your podcast player of choice. We're on Bandcamp, betteryetpodcast.bandcamp.com. That link, along with links for Namdi's Bandcamp, Asada's Daughters, Eat Chicago, and our Patreon are all available in the episode notes for this show. Enjoy it, friends. Here's me and Namdi. Was it down with the wind? Oh, it's because yeah. they had like some racist connotations. And then everyone was like, well, if you're going to remove that, you might as well go remove all these Mel Brooks movies because of the satire in it. And Right. Yeah, I was just like, do people not understand what satire is <laughs> anymore? Is that like, are we not allowed to do that? <laughs> um, I think, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of the thing. Yeah. <laughs> people, people have a tendency, I think, to like, um, when they, when they know the bit, now they're just like, oh, no, 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 that's, that's a bad thing. And it's like, no, you're, you're designed to get the bit. Yeah. That's the idea. Yeah. <laughs> it's, that's it's supposed to be like that. So you're like, oh, this is a bad thing, but it's funny. <laughs> Won't explain like uh-huh. this. <laughs> yeah, there's a fine, there's a fine line. I feel like maybe nowadays people are more eager to jump at those things for some reason to attack them. Just to like, I don't know, I don't know. It's a fine line when you're talking about like a group of people that have been oppressed and like making a joke about it so it's like i don't know (laughs) yeah definitely go into a comedy like expecting things to be humorous and like hopefully giving people the benefit of doubt that they're just not like "Ooh, i'm gonna sneak in these racist jokes because i'm so racist (laughs) you know like right i don't know it's it's like no different from like mark twain and shit like when they tell you like okay we're gonna read huckleberry finn yeah uh just so you know, a lot of this stuff isn't cool. Um, and then... Yeah, but that's just real. That's just like, of course a kid in that era would say those things, because that's what people were saying. It's like... <laughs> right. It's a tough life, for sure. So, I gotta ask you, I'm really excited to be talking to you again, because um, I was thinking back and I was like, I can't believe that... Namdi mentioned at the beginning of our first attempt at an interview that there's a dog in his house, oh, and we can spend the entire time talking about that dog. <laughs> there is a dog. She's a little sweet. How's it been? It's been nice. She's chill. She just kind of sits on the same spot on the couch. Yeah. Very quiet, but very cuddly. Very sweet dog. Oh, it's, it's, it's nice. I like it. I love dogs. Does she have a name yet? Her name is Nevi. Nevi, that's yeah. a good name. Because uh, my Stevie, Stevie, named uh-huh. her Nevi, not after his his name, but after uh-huh. a piece of recording gear. Because he's a big old nerd. <laughs> so what's what's uh, Nevi then? Nevi. What is a Nevi? Like, what's the recording equipment known as the Nevi? <laughs> That's that's something you're gonna have to ask him. Oh, okay, okay. It's, it's not called a Neve. It's called a Neve. So Neve mm-hmm. is like a okay a nickname. Rupert Neve was the founder. <laughs> oh, Rupee. Oh yeah, should have named her Rupee. I have to tell you, you're gonna have a lot of fun having that dog in the house, especially as she grows accustomed to being there and seeing you. Yeah. 
I am already having fun. But yeah, I think we've been talking to a lot of people that have had dogs and just talking about how their personalities like really start to come in like after a couple of weeks because they're still getting used to being in a new new place. Mm-hmm. They're not a hundred percent sure everyone everyone in the house's personalities and like how to act. So yeah, they gotta they gotta understand the dynamic. They have to understand. All right, who's really calling the shots in yeah. this place? I think they they definitely know that Anna and Steve are the are like mom and dad. Yeah, and everyone like else that comes in is just like uncle, <laughs> uncle mm-hmm. and aunts. But she's cool with everybody. She's cool like with everybody, big sweetie, that's awesome, mm-hmm. chillest dog of all time. Well, I got a. I feel like it's. Maybe since since this is the first better yet back, maybe it's important that I uh share a story about Hadley and Chloe. Oh jeez. We brought Hadley back in October and we were we were certain that she would work well in the house because she was at this rescue in Thailand where she was like with a bunch of other small dogs and when you come in they would all like rush over to you and like me first me first and she would just like always be at like the back of that like half circle that's around you yeah and she let everybody else get her turn and then she would just like lay down next to you once it was like finally her turn Mm -hmm. and she'd just cuddle and so we were like you know we've got chloe who doesn't like other dogs. Yeah. And we got Lily, who also doesn't like other dogs. <laughs> but this one doesn't have any enemies in here. Yeah. She seems very chill. So we said, let's bring her back. And then when Chloe and Hadley met for the first time, Chloe was very friendly with her. Hey, I love that. Yeah. That's always scary. It's just like, oh, I hope they get along. <laughs> yeah, they only got to spend like six weeks together. Yeah, but I, I was very certain that uh, Chloe knew that I was in good hands. That's sweet. I love pooches, little cuties. It's been funny because we've had her for so long now, and we've been in quarantine for so long that she's just used to us. Yeah, being. In one room. She's used to all four of us being in one room now. So whenever I'm in the office, she's like, what are you doing? <laughs> You're, in the wrong, are you going? You're in the wrong room, buddy. Wrong room. <laughs> so how how have you been? Are you Have you been going outside a lot this week? I know that you were, you were stoked last week when we talked. Uh, are, you still, are you still getting out in the sun every day? I am. I've been going out pretty much every day. Um. I ride to the beach a couple times a week. I played pickleball yesterday, which was fun. Pickleball. Friends. Oh that's yeah. with the that's with the wiffle ball and Yeah. It's like but pickleball's got rules, yeah. It's like tennis meets ping pong. That's right. <laughs> kind yeah. Of, yeah. It's really fun. I I like playing it. So that was my outdoor excursion for the day yesterday. It's nice to be out, right? Um, it is nice to be out. It's getting a little. It's gonna get a little chillier soon, so I'm, I'm trying to soak up the sun every day I can. Honestly. Yeah, Jay and I are are moving to Valparaiso. Valpo. In three weeks now, and I'm really excited to go out and just get the garden going. Like first things first, put all of our shit down inside. Let's just go like work that garden and cause we got a we got a nice yard got some raised beds in nice. there already so we're gonna plant a bunch and i'm thinking starting my day doing that for like a couple of hours i feel like that that's uh that's optimistic but yeah. i think i could do it if i got into the groove with it just gardening every morning yeah it's a good it's a good way to start the day just being touching plants Touching dirt with your hands. I love dirt. Mm-hmm. But, but for real, I feel like that's a good way to just kind of start off like simply and not think of all the crazy things happening. Is I feel like it's a very 
medita- meditative. Is that a right? Is that a word? Meditative. <laughs> meditative. Yeah. It feels weird to say. I feel like that's a very meditative way to start your morning. Just like helping some plants grow, putting some little some seeds in the ground. Mm-hmm. That's good. You can go out go out in the morning when it's like cool, and then you can just feel it start to get a little hot. Oh and then yeah. You say all right. That's because the sun is at that angle. Yeah. Time to go inside. <laughs> Get a little sweaty. You did some work already, and it's like it's so early. You feel like you got the rest of the day to just do whatever you need to do. Totally. It seems uh, it's silly. It seems silly to ask, but are you working on music right now? Um. Yes. Always. Yeah. Always working on stuff. So. Does your brain like ever turn off from it or are you kind of spinning melodies all the time? I'm asking in like a like a practical like, you know, like, all right, work is done. Now it's time for me to go outside. Now it's time for me to do something else. Or are you kind of just always spinning? Uh, it, it I can definitely it turns off. Especially after I've done it for, like, hours and hours. Mm-hmm. I feel like I, I get most of it out, like, because I do obsess about it and work on things for long periods of time where I'm just, like, I reach a point of exhaustion of thinking about it. So mm-hmm. then I'm just like, all right, I'm done. Like, I'm <laughs> really, yeah, really, really done. And then I'll go do things outside or, like, watch TV or watch a movie or something. But, I mean... <laughs> that doesn't mean that I like if an idea or something pops into my head during that time I won't like think about it cuz that does happen if I like if I stop working on music for a while and then go do something else and then a good idea pops into my head then I'm like oh fuck shit <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah when I was doing the Laura Stevenson podcast like that turned into a real like full-time affair and I just had such a hard time just stopping. Like I, I got to a point where I was taking a couple days off, but I was still thinking about it the whole time. And I was yeah. just like, oh, I, I know that I'm going to do this. Like, why can't I just like stop thinking about it yeah. and enjoy the television? I feel you. Yeah, <laughs> this is like the first time in months where it doesn't feel nothing like it doesn't feel urgent to do that like i i think i have like some good gigs lined up and like some money saved up so i'm not like stressing about rent which is like a huge thing sometimes so Mm -hmm. and i feel like family situation is is what it is friends are doing all right i guess like for the time you know everyone's has their own things here and there, but like I, it's the first time where I feel like I can, I don't have to like be thinking about work twenty four seven, which is mm-hmm. a nice feeling. Yeah, for real. Um, hope it lasts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess time will tell. But that's that's really good because when we talked uh, around Brat, I know that that was. Uh, something that you were struggling with like around the time of making that record was you were so focused on it and with like quarantine it was something that I was like I found myself just like diving into work and not really returning to planet earth for days at a time yeah. and I feel like that's a really easy space to get into and it's really easy to get like trapped within um but you were i mean you did make crazy carl so it, yeah. <laughs> i feel like you did dive like pretty quickly into doing that i did yeah i dove in and i'm glad i did it no regrets but i don't think i'll ever do anything like that again because well, i did that with black plight too yeah or it's just mm-hmm. done like written and recorded and put out in a week's time. And I'm just like, yeah, the urgency is not there. I need to be able to relax. I also am just like trying to figure out 
other things that make me happy, you know, just like yeah. smaller things and not not work related things, even though I love music and it does make me happy. But yeah, just like figuring out, all right, what would I do if I, if I can't make music right now? Like what are the things I could do that I would enjoy, you know, Mm -hmm. which has been interesting to try to figure out. It feels like you're, for me at least, it feels like those things that I would like to do, like as I get older, shrinks. And that's an interesting phenomenon is how it becomes like, oh, I, like, I don't even know what I would do. And I think back to when I was younger and I would just like watch TV shows that I wasn't really interested in, but I would watch <laughs> the entirety of them. And I'm like, why can't I have that type of focus in my life? <laughs> I feel I guess that. I'm complaining about watching TV a lot. I, there, <laughs> there are other things that I'm like not doing great at at times. Yeah, but. I feel that. I I think I I may be on the opposite end of that spectrum where I feel like my the things I maybe hobbies are not getting more narrow but expanding just because I've been doing the same three things forever. <laughs> and I'm just like, I, there's more things to do. Like, why yeah. am I just keep doing the same three things? Which I, I love those three things, but it's like, I'm sure there are other things that I might like that I just need to explore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, going outside and like, especially when you're going far away from your house is a is a great way to do that. It's Yeah. I, I feel like you're in a good groove too with just like looking forward to doing that sort of stuff. Yeah, I'm really excited going on a little trip to Pentwater, Michigan with some friends in a, like a week and a half or so. And oh, two that's weeks. awesome. Yeah, so that's going to be really exciting. Just hang out in the middle of nature by the water. Uh-huh. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> Well, I'm glad that we're talking again after last week. Um and and I've been thinking about it kind of a lot um since we had that conversation cuz I've been thinking about like why I really want to like do this podcast again. Mm-hmm. And I realized that like one of the reasons that I started in the first place was because talking to different people is just fucking good for my mental health. And yesterday or last week, like you ever get that feeling where you just like talk to somebody and you know that it was okay when you were within it and then you walk away from it. And it's just like, uh, there are only three things that I'm thinking about and they're all of the times that I felt bad. Yeah. I feel you. It's hard not to focus on the part, the bad parts, even if like the majority of something is good. I feel like it's definitely hard to not pinpoint the shitty, shitty aspects. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I I guess I've been feeling depressed, and I'm trying to just like let that be something that I'm like more open with. Yeah. And, honest with myself about because it's it's a tough pattern of thinking to break because it's it's the easiest one i think yeah for me i feel that so how how um going outside has probably been helpful for you how is your like how has your mental health been if you don't mind me asking um i would say um it's okay definitely I feel like there's always an underlying layer of sadness, <laughs> like yeah. regardless of what is happening, that seems kind of unescapable. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to explain it, and I feel like it feels shitty to say even sometimes, but I'm just like, sometimes I look at people who are like laughing and smiling, and I'm just like, for real? Like, are you? <laughs> do you do you really feel that good? <laughs> 
I don't know. Just, yeah. Because that, just that tinge, like, even if it's a subtle sadness, it's just, like, always there. And I, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. I feel like I'm dealing with it in a good way, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think it's impossible to get rid of for me just because of the way the world is. <laughs> and yeah, um, I don't know. That, that makes me sound like a pessimist, which I'm not. Like I'm definitely I'm optimistic. I'm just like a realist, I guess. Like there's just so many fuck, fucked up things, and I'm that it's exhausting to think about. <laughs> yeah, I feel that too. Where it's like. Um, you know, that, like, you see people in, like, moments of what from the outside feels like complete, like, escape, even for a moment of, like, everything what's, everything that's going on now, it can't, it does, it can't matter in this moment because, like, I, I, I'm having too much fun or, like, something exciting is happening and yeah i mean i feel i feel like i've had like that sort of feeling my my whole life where it's just like are you are you really like laughing when we're all gonna like be gone one day (laughs) could you like how could you how dare you (laughs) yeah (laughs) but it's so good yeah it's so good to go through those moments um and not like i feel like it's special to have those moments and not realize it in the moment and after mm-hmm. the you like even if you think about it after the fact you're like damn it's like we were laughing and shit was really crazy but i feel like those are the most special moments when you don't because i always eventually end up thinking about something along those lines where i was just like we we're happy at this time and like everything mm-hmm. went crazy but I feel like the, the, the most special <laughs> moments are the ones where you don't think about it for a while. Like, you just, like, kind of only remember the good in those interactions and, like, whatever those experiences are. And I feel like that's what I've been trying to do is just, like, find situations where I'm, I can just be like, okay, this is nice. Like, <laughs> yeah. anything that will make me stop thinking about how horrible the world is for, like, Mm-hmm. Even like ten seconds is is good. Yeah, <laughs> the present tense is uh is a lovely thing. So if if you don't mind me asking, because I don't wanna I don't wanna like ask you a question that's gonna just lay it on kind of thick. But I feel like it's <laughs> it's kind of important to just like be honest with with some of this shit because like you had a record come out in april and i know that it's like i know that your record probably feels like something that is low priority like in comparison to the rest of the world that that can still be true while like acknowledging just how that all felt like as it was happening because you and i were talking a lot during that time too and i think as the wave of like okay now there's no shows with people over 500 people like you know venues with 500 people it all just like closed down so quick and you were getting ready to tour like how i can't i I just can't even like relate to a feeling like that so i'm interested in how it felt for you. Uh, it didn't. I honestly was not as bummed as a lot of people in my position would be. Um, and I think that's just because I was looking. I was kind of looking at the bigger picture when all the news was happening, and I was just like. worse things are going to happen than like my yeah. tour my tour getting canceled and I'm just like I don't know and I was pretty confident in my ability to find funds in in different ways that I that I would miss out on touring 
I think mm-hmm. I was like, I felt the most shitty because like, I have bandmates that like, <laughs> I made clear their schedule, you know, to like come play my music that it was pretty much my responsibility to be paying them for this time. And they just like mm-hmm. now have this chunk in time where they have to figure stuff out. Um, mm. Yeah. I don't know. That, that was kind of rough, but I feel like everyone's doing all my bandmates are doing all right um, right now, which is good. Yeah. Um, yeah, but in the grand sc- grand scale of life, I don't know. I do. I think my perspective has shifted slightly to like maybe before I was like, it was hard for me to put my myself and my music in a position where it seemed like a priority just because of how big everything around me felt. But I think the more time has passed and like I've actually been able to think of it, the more I'm like, no, I just like, I feel like it needs to be shared with as many people as possible because if it can make Mm -hmm. anyone feel good, you know, like (laughs) that's, then I feel, I feel better also. And I feel better because it's reached the people that it needs to reach. So I'm all, I think I'm all about spreading spreading the music and it reaching as many people as possible now where before I was just like slightly timid about it just because it seems crazy to promote music in a time where like there's so much darkness and like people are losing their jobs and Mm -hmm. everyone's getting sick. But yeah, when you think about it, it's, it's important. Like it's one of the things that makes people happy so (laughs) why yeah why wouldn't why wouldn't we promote that to try to break through like the darkness Mm -hmm. yeah i think that that's been something that's um been tough to watch from my perspective is seeing people be super timid about like promoting their records and i understand that there's like a capitalist attachment to it that they're you know doing something in exchange for money people don't have money right now but like it's it's music music is i mean for me i don't know how to i don't know how to understand anything i'm i'm so like narrow-minded that everything that i think i i understand about the world and like politics it's all somewhere it's extracted somewhere from music yeah and i don't know if that's like overly optimistic to just be like no like music is it's important at times like these yeah i think the majority of people not everyone thinks that but i think the majority of people do think that and and know that the importance of art whether or not they actively think about it or not but i also think it's important to read the room like with that type of shit and Mm -hmm. i think a lot of people i know were very good at that especially like after the george floyd murder and the when the protests like uh initially started ramping up I knew a lot of friends that had releases planned around that. Even Sen had a release planned around that, and he was like, "There's literally no way I would, I could <laughs> feel comfortable doing mm-hmm. that." And I'm like, "Yes, yeah. that's the right choice to right. push back." And people whose record happened to just like be in line to come out around that time, they like everyone I know steered the conversation to being towards what was going on in the world, and no one was just like, "Yeah, look at me, I got music out." People were just like, mm-hmm. "Fuck." Like, yeah. we want to share this music still, but, like, we're going to donate this amount to this organization or, yeah. like, link to all these things. So that was that was very good to see. I think it's just important. <laughs> a lot of corporations and, like, some people did a horrible job reading the room, like, the past few months. And just, like, yeah. ooh. It's just, like, he ended up getting dragged. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I... I... I, I just like seeing the music industry like saying oh we're gonna take tuesday off 
so we can learn about these issues better. And it's like, wow, the whole day you're going to take all of, of Tuesday off. Damn. That was, that was an interesting, uh, interesting argument that people were having with the black squares. (laughs) I think the black squares were my straight up exit from Instagram. I was like, this is so stupid. What are we? What are we doing here? I don't think. I don't think that this is this is helping. But but also, I understand that like like Jamie uses Instagram a lot for um, spreading awareness and and doing like community organizing and activist stuff. So it's for me. For me, it was just like I can't think about being perceived right now. I don't. I don't like. Um, I I just don't think that this is contributing much of anything, but that's just me. Social yeah. media in general, like, kind of freaks me out. So yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot sometimes. But even yeah, that's like a there's like a weird hive mentality that always happens. Even like with the black squares, people were just like, "This is like someone made this up. This must be a good thing." Without mm-hmm. like really thinking like deeply about if it's doing anything. Um, but yeah, there's the importance of solidarity, which I think a lot of people are going for without really digging too deep into it. But mm-hmm. I also think that that hive mentality exists like on the opposite end, like with people that are more active, like sharing information. I feel like a lot of people will just repost things and not really check the sources and like read the articles uh, fully which mm-hmm. i've definitely been guilty of doing like yeah. a few times and have like someone has been like did you even read this like whole thing like this is not this like this article has been debunked or something and i'm just like fuck so yeah, yeah. i've been very cautious in like what i share and what i post and like actually checking sources and everything because there's just so too much information like mm-hmm. <laughs> there's too much information for it all to be relevant. Yeah. And I think there's also like like I I I don't I I've never been like um I don't know like for me like political issues are are something that I feel like is like in the same way I like repress like growing up Catholic like I'm just like oh no like people are talking about politics again I remember what this was like when I was nine years old and it sucked so I'm just going into like my own like internal headspace while the adults are talking about something that's really boring and that's like I think that there's still that part of me that's just like I am very uh ill-equipped for uh providing anything in here all i know is like how i try to like benefit people but that's i don't know i'm not like an expert on literally anything except like wrestling (laughs) (laughs) i feel like it's i feel like it's important to understand like where where you stand uh and like what knowledge you have in those issues and if there's if there's things you don't understand i feel like it's important to educate yourself if it's something that you're moved to do you know like if it's some if you're interested in a topic or if you like have strong feelings about any social issues i feel like it's important to educate yourself on like on the laws and the history and economics and things that have for years been put in place to make life the way that it is right now you know i feel like there's Mm -hmm. there's a lot there's a lot of good information but that's the thing is finding the information that you can understand the best you know i feel like it's it's hard there's a lot of people that make that share books and like articles that make it easier for i feel like people Mm -hmm. like us because i i feel i feel similarly where i'm just like sometimes i feel like unequipped to talk about a lot of that stuff. So uh, that's why I'm just like 
remain like just reading and, and like actually learning history mm-hmm. and <laughs> and trying yeah. to like because I know I know what my gut tells me and my gut the majority of the time is right but not being able to actually have the conversation and back it up with like social with like social history and facts yeah I feel like that some people will just kind of throw your argument in the trash because you can't mm-hmm. you can't speak at their level you know which is yeah. which is bullshit in a way and kind of classist but also mm-hmm. you know the information is there and I I have access to it so it's really me that's not doing <laughs> doing the work yeah for sure um it's i mean that's just that's a carrot and stick type of thing you're, yeah i think it's impossible to feel like you're doing enough work um but yeah i i understand things in like an historical sense too like that's how it always makes the most sense to me which it it makes me happy that we're talking it makes me happy that i'm like I feel like moving out of my my comfort zone I think is like being alone and like having conversations is something that I have to like push myself into but yeah. when I'm there I'm like cool I'm learning and that's great yeah that's good yeah it's stepping out of your comfort zone just to learn new information is so important it's so it's it's difficult. <laughs> it's definitely not an easy thing to do. So, do you want to talk about Black Plight, the EP? Sure. I don't want to. Like I, I don't want to just assume that jumping into an issue is uh, something that you're just going to be like up for. Whenever yeah. someone feels like it, just because you made uh, an EP that spoke very much to the experience that you have. Yeah, the thing is, the conversation will be very short because I feel like I said <laughs> everything I needed to say on the EP. That's but, true. Yeah, I guess the the general the general uh, motivation was definitely after the George Floyd murders and the protests in Minneapolis. And then there, there was a very intense protest downtown Chicago where I wasn't going to go to, but then I just like, I kept kind of stirring and like anxiously walking around and like mm-hmm. going over to my head. And I was just like, is my anxiety like worth like not actually doing something and like helping out at this like definite definite pivotal point in history mm-hmm. and just after like battling with that in my head for a while i decided to bike down there in the evening when things had already kind of uh gone awry and yeah i just saw like even just being there and trying to get downtown like get just getting redirected by cops and like not being allowed into certain areas and then the bridges going up and all that and Mm -hmm. just seeing like (laughs) the way yeah i just saw like different like people interact with cops like even this young white girl that was interacting with the cop and just like they completely overstepped their bounds with her and she wasn't she wasn't even really doing anything Mm-hmm. So just like seeing that, and I was like, if they're doing that to that young white girl, it's like I'm not. Mm. <laughs> I should probably should not be here. And I just had so much anger and energy, and I it wasn't. Yeah, I just didn't want to be put in a situation where like I did anything dumb or anything that would harm myself or. Mm-hmm people that may happen to be around me at the time. So I was like, this is not, this is not where I should be right now. (laughs) It's like, I came here. Um, I didn't have a plan, which that's the thing about a lot of these demonstrations. Like they're, they have people that 
all have different jobs. Like they have medics, they have people that are on the lookout to take people's names down if they're mm-hmm. getting arrested. Like, and then you have your people that are leading and speaking. So a lot of these, the ones that are organized, like people have tasks to do. So people aren't just aimlessly wandering. And of course mm-hmm. you just need, you need bodies. You need bodies there just to support and like, kind of make your presence known and all that but for me like i i don't like just being in the crowd (laughs) like i realize and just going Mm -hmm. there aimless like just makes my anxiety go up and like hearing all these people screaming in different areas but if i realize if i have a task if i'm like okay my job is to watch these certain people and like take down names like that i'll be chill i'll be good if i have a task which yeah. I didn't. I didn't that night. So instead of just being there aimless and angry, I decided to come home and write songs <laughs> about yeah. it. And yeah, yeah. I I think that that really speaks to what you were saying about the um the power that you contain, like inside yourself. Like your your music is going to have more of an impact on the greater cause than you would have on the street though it's like really great that you went down there to find out that i'm not i'm not going to i'm not going to be like properly contributing and i'm also going to put myself at risk yeah in this space yeah, and I think a lot of people need to understand that, too. Like, protesting isn't, it's not for everyone. <laughs> like, there are other ways to help situations that don't involve, like, doing that. Um, even though that is mm-hmm. that is very important. But, yeah, there are just other ways. And I think people are hard on themselves because they're just, like, I think a lot of people have anxiety about it but don't want to admit it because people are just like you need to come protest and do this and they're just like okay <laughs> so but yeah that's just gauging what you're comfortable with and for some people it's good like like we talked about a couple minutes ago just like getting out of your comfort zone you might go to it and then realize okay it's not as bad as i thought it would be which mm-hmm. most of them are most of them are most of the protests are just are chill and like positive so the few that are that get uh that escalate those are rare but those are the Mm -hmm. ones that you see talked about all the time you know it's 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 interesting (laughs) yeah yeah it's uh frustratingly like formulaic that that's what ends up being the topic of discussion for a lot of people is a statue or a, a you know bakery or something yeah um you and i have had some conversations about like being black in white majority music scenes and reading about like your experience with police it it's this mixture of like i saw that i didn't know that um and then i was just like well yeah of course that happened and that is i think kind of like the worst like feeling that one could have in like taking that information is just like yeah that sounds fucking terrifying. And of course it happened to him because he's black. Yeah. I don't know. It should still happens to this day, even at, in Portage park, like where I stay like by my house, I'll walk the park. I'm, I'm a night owl. So I'm up to like four or five in the morning, like almost every night. Hell yeah, you are. And I'm just like, <laughs> I'll just go on a walk at like at 3am because I don't know, like, I'm not really like nothing is scary up here. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> just old Polish people. It's like, I, like there's nothing yeah. really to worry about, but like, dude, almost like at least once a week when I'm walking, 
I just usually walk the perimeter of the park. I don't go in it. But mm-hmm. even a couple weeks ago, I was walking. I had sprained my ankle too. So I like this was. I was trying to like see if I had what it took. Like if I was fully functional uh-huh. enough to walk around the park. So I, I still had. I had like a little bit of a limp, and I was wearing bright ass like tie dye shirt and these goofy like bright purple pants. So mm-hmm. I definitely wasn't trying to hide from anything. Like <laughs> yeah. And I was walking around the around the park, and there were so many cop cars, and like all of them slowed down when they were passing me until the point like where this cop car slowed down, and like the two officers like were staring at me, and I felt so uncomfortable that I just like turned around and like was trying to cut through the park just to like the fastest way to get back home. I was just like, I I don't want to be out right now, and mm-hmm. I go to cut through the park. And then I, like, they shine their lights, like, into the park. And they're like, the park is closed! And I was like, I understand that, but you guys, like, are just scaring the shit out of me. Like, you're pulling up to me while I'm walking. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not trying to hide anything. I was just walking. I'm limping. I'm wearing bright clothes. Like, why are you pulling up on me like that? And then the cop was just like, hands up, don't shoot, am I right? And I was just like, what? Like, I don't know if he was trying to make a joke or anything, but I just kept I just kept walking like through the park and walked home, and they drove away. Yeah. So I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, that that shit, just shit like that happens all the time." But just the audacity that he would try to like make that joke. Yeah, I was just like, "I want to choke this person." So I got. <laughs> that's why I can't. That's right. why sometimes I can't go to protest like i don't trust myself to not like fight a cop like mm-hmm. <laughs> i mm-hmm. am pretty calm and pretty reserved but like i don't know as people get away with shit for so long and they just feel like they can continuously get away with stuff mm-hmm. and i don't know i'm just not about that anymore <laughs> like <laughs> yeah for sure it's like they're aim is to agitate and i feel like agitation is just something that immediately just like raises your heart rate and then you're just like stuck like reacting to the fact that like oh my my body's in control now um that's fuck man that like the the idea that that's a joke to somebody is like what the fuck like what existence is this for you so weird it's like why why are you going through the park oh so so, like what you saw us and you like walked away why'd you do that dude they slowed down to a crawl next to me and like stared at me and then they like drove up a little bit but like we're about to turn around and i was just like Mm -hmm. i'm not i'm not dealing with this like Mm -hmm. i'm gonna go home like if i cut through here i'll get home pretty quick and yeah, they just happened to see me go through the park. So, uh, so yeah, I don't know, man. I feel like it just happens. It's shit like that just happens so often that I don't really think about it. But yeah, yeah. It's so no, I I feel like the <laughs> remember that video of the I feel like people have brought this up so many times, but the video of the the lady getting cat called in New York, just like walking down the street, and she had a camera, and just like every time she mm-hmm. turned the block, people were like, "Hey, toots, hey, yeah. what does that butt do?" <laughs> and shit like that, and it's just mm-hmm. like Jesus, like literally all day, that shit is crazy, like, and it's hard to. It's hard to know if, like, you don't see it. I, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's just so fucked. It makes yeah. me lose hope in people <laughs> uh, often. But then you see someone doing dope shit, and like, I don't know, like friends' bands sending money that <laughs> the little money they have to to help people, and then you're like, okay, not everyone yeah. is a horrible piece of shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. and 
$10,000 to Asada's daughters, that's, that's fucking phenomenal, dude. You did that shit in one day. Yeah, it was split between Asada's daughters and this organization, Eat Chicago, EAT, Equity and Transformation, I think, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. But they're a dope organization as well. Um, yeah, yeah, I love I love Asada's daughters. I think they're doing a lot of dope work. They are, and I'm stoked to have this opportunity with you to talk about about music and about everything that's going on in your life. And something that we're doing here on the show now is that we're uh, doing a revenue share with our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash Better Yet Podcast, and. That Patreon revenue is split between me, Namdi, and Asada's Daughters, which is an organization that Namdi chose to bring in with him today. Can you tell us a little bit more about Asada's Daughters? Not to put you on the spot. (laughs) Yeah, I know them from... uh, I was donating funds from a few other releases to... This organization, Chicago Bond Fund, Fund, yeah, Chicago Bond Fund, and they posted on their Twitter that they were kind of like maxed out in donations, like they were receiving so many, so they wanted to share their donations with other people, so they, they were redirecting to like five or six other organizations that they believed in, and that was the first time I had even heard of Asada's Daughters and I like clicked their page and looked through what they're about. And it's like a, a woman of color organization and they just, they teach black people and young black people in Chicago and mentor them and organize all these different events. And they just seemed really cool and definitely like proactive and progressive. So Mm -hmm. super inclusive too, because it's, it's, uh, for black women um i feel i was i was lucky enough uh when i was a teenager there's a piebald song called if marcus garvey dies marcus garvey lives and it was it's a song about like history that they don't teach you in school and um they talk about marcus garvey and asada shakur in that song and i was 14 or 15 and i was like oh who are those people? And I was like, cool. These people fucking rule. Yeah. All right. That's so dope. So patreon.com slash better yet podcast. We've got a couple of tiers of pledging available on the $10 tier. If you sign up, Namdi's got, we haven't talked about what you're going to do for the special treat. <laughs> Exclusive content. Oh yeah. From Namdi. Woo. You can support Asada's Daughters directly at asadasdaughters.org. Namdi's on Bandcamp. Namdiobanaya.bandcamp.com. Pick up Black Plight. Pick up Crazy Carl. Pick up Brat. Fucking three releases this year. Um, You've outdone yourself yet again. Um, Namdi... It is always something that I take a lot of pride in having you on this show. I feel very fortunate to uh, occupy the same spaces that you do. And I, I'm just happy that you're here. Hell yeah. I'm happy you're here and I'm happy to be here. We will be back next week and we will talk to you then. Thank you, friends.
even showing so much restraint. Have the young never seen true?